Oh, hey, Beck. Hey, Adam. What's up? Uh, I mean, I'm happy we're podcasting and all, but what was our topic tonight? I forgot. Mm. I feel like it's something important, and I feel like it's something timely. I swear we just talked about this. Right? It was, uh, if you carry the one, girl logic. ADHD Awareness Month. That's what it was. ADHD Awareness Month. I totally forgot about it, to be honest. Oh my god, we are so ADHD. I'm aware. Hey all, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Polyamorous Podcast. Uh, Beck, how are you doing? Uh, Great. I'd like to say that that intro wasn't just a staged gag and that we didn't spend half an hour before recording trying to remember what our podcast topic was. That was one of those jokes that it was funnier because it's true. Ah, sad. (laughs) No, but uh, it was the other day that I like that I remembered it was ADHD Awareness Month because again, ADHD, <laughs> and I we we both kind of figured it'd be a great thing to talk about. I mean, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but like it's kind of important to touch on because there's so many ways that ADHD affects our lives, and in some ways that people don't even think is ADHD, right? Like oh, sometimes I, you know, I do the doom scrolling. I'm great at the doom scrolling. And there is so much ADHD information available on TikTok. It's it's kind of amazing. Oh, and yeah. Every time I watch something, I'm just like, oh, you know, here I thought I was quirky and mysterious. And no, I'm just a million ADHD and autism symptoms wrapped in a trench coat walking downtown. Like, that's <laughs> all I am. <laughs> right. My favorite one is like those videos and i'm sure you've sent me a few because you these are on the time that you sent me like a billion videos when you discover something cool on tiktok (laughs) and i love it um the ones that are like i can't be autistic because i don't actually have literal thinking i understand things are gray i would prefer things to be black and white and i struggle with this but i I understand they're gray they're gray and then again by the end of the video it's like oh oh yeah i like these i get these for adhd and autism both because yay adhd well, there's so many things like that I, you know, where the one that I sent you about eye contact, where oh to me, God. eye contact. And again, this just shows the very literal thinking. Eye contact must mean that I am staring deeply and aggressively into your soul. Mm-hmm. No, it literally means sometimes I look at your face when I'm talking to you. Right. And and like I've said it in the past, I'm like, or I've had this wondering, I'm like, can I really be autistic? Like, I don't struggle with eye contact the way some autistic people do. But then I think about how I make eye contact and how it's like, I look you in the eye and then I look away and then I look you back in the eye and then maybe I look around your face and then I look away. Then I look back and you know what I mean? Like, that's not a neurotypical way of making eye contact. Eye contact is so violating. I don't have a better word for that. And I'm sure there is one. And I apologize to anyone who that might have bothered. But just when you're looking into my eyes, it's like you're looking into my soul for something specific and i hate it Mm -hmm. stop it at the same time i do have a small trigger when it comes to this and that is not you and not anyone in our friend group or pack or whatever but like 
sometimes when people don't look you in the eye at all and you're trying to talk and they don't look like they're paying attention to you at all, my anxiety goes off because I've had people like pretend to pay attention to me and they just like do their own thing and not pay attention. And I get triggered by that because it gives me anxiety that I'm not being valued or listened to. But then I remind myself, yeah, but Adam, you also struggle with eye contact. So <laughs> this is not, you know. So my big one like that is Mouse, who we've talked about a lot. Mouse's anxiety, she requires something to keep her hands and eyes busy or she cannot focus on you whatsoever. Um, we always say, you know, you can you can get me to listen to you or you can have eye contact. You cannot have both. Right. But so she will be on her phone playing phone games the entire time you guys are having a conversation. She's 100% listening to you. Yes. And I'm fine but with she, that. It's obvious that yeah. she is listening. And she will tell you, like, up front, I'm still listening to you. I'm still engaged. She'll still answer you. She's like, but if I am not doing this, you cease to exist to me. Yeah. And I've, I used to get on her about it a lot. And that's when I could mask my autism and my anxiety and everything a lot more. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, I have to be on my phone a little bit more when I'm talking to people or else I start to panic. Me too. I mean, it's why I love car rides with you. It's one of my favorite things. We can focus on the road while we're driving and talking and we don't have to look each other in the eyes. Right. I My favorite place to have a conversation, especially like a, a, an important conversation, yeah. is on the road. Yep. Nobody expects me to look at you if I'm driving. <laughs> how many? Well, how many times have me and you and Blue Eyes, or me and you and Gigantor, or me and you and and Mouse, or anyone else had really big epic conversations while driving? Yep. You know, and, and it, and that's just one of the many ways that like neurodivergence affects our daily lives that we don't even really always think about because it's just the way it is. Like that's just always been something I enjoyed, even before I was like more out with my neurodivergence i was always just kind of like yeah that's that's cool that's fun that's you know that's more relaxing somehow well and the other thing i found like living with adhd specifically is the theory of it's not stupid if it works right you know everybody's like oh you should do it this way don't mess with my system yes exactly my system works for me if i have to have every hard conversation driving in a car if i have to play on my phone when i'm talking to you or uh when i'm watching a movie at home if i have to imdb every single thing about it it allows me to pay attention why does it aggrieve everyone so much the way i have to do things to make my brain do the because don't you know you're not doing it the proper way as if there was some kind of thing as a proper way of doing anything in this world Oh, the proper way can be fucked most vigorously. <laughs> With the spiky toys that I can't talk about on a podcast. Um, Cactus, yeah. Doesn't yeah. even need to be a toy. Cactus. Yes, that. No, but but exactly that. Like, and because I get that a lot with my finances, people are like, "Wow, you overcomplicate your finances so much. Why don't you just use the app?" And what I want to explain to them is. The app shows me the total amount in my account. It does not reflect things that have been accounted for that are going to be taken out. So what my budgeting method actually shows me is how much I actually have to play with, not what's sitting in my bank account. And I stick within that. And it makes perfect sense when I explain it to you, but people look at it as if the most annoyingly complicated thing in the world, and it's not. And it's like, 
Why do you have a problem with this? If this is working for me, I know it doesn't work for you. Fantastic. You have other things that work for you. But for the love of God, stop criticizing my method and also stop telling me, oh, you have ADHD. You should just keep lists or do notes. It's like, guys, if I, if, if I thought that would work, I would have done it already. Right, right. Like everyone who's ever told me like, oh, your life would be so much better if you just would have like a journal. Or oh. a schedule, like a, what are, what are they, what are they? Uh, schedule, day planner. Wait, I literally have one right here. Yes, I was going to say, a day planner. Do you know what I can't do? I get really excited for like the first three days. And then like, oh, oh, nothing. I'm literally holding up an agenda right now, guys, to show him that on one page is full of stuff. And it says May 31st to June 6th, which sounds like, oh, well, that's not so long ago. Until I mentioned to you that um, this scheduler sitting right next to me is from 2016. <laughs> yep, yep. Can I pause you there and say bonus points to that because you called it an agenda, which totally shows that you went to school in Ontario, just like I went to school in Ontario. <laughs> but seriously, though, like, you want to know what I always got excited about in grade school and middle school? Getting issued an agenda. You want to know what I always forgot in my locker and never used once? My agenda. <laughs> yours made it well, okay we didn't have lockers until i was in high school we had hooks had so mine school. would go in hmm? we had we had lockers in middle school but not in elementary school yes middle school and high school i didn't have middle school okay so we had hooks mm -hmm. and on said hook went your backpack how do you say that in real people language backpack i've called it a backpack for years because one of my nieces did it when she was six she's 18 now it's been a backpack ever since that and flip-flops are loplops Pack pack and lop lops. Naturally. Yes. So the agenda would go into the pack pack. That's where it lived. And it would come out at the end of the year. It went in at the beginning and out at the end on a magical journey. <laughs> it would, I would fill it out and then yeah. not remember to actually use it to bring home stuff. I, I actually kept track of my homework pretty well in my head most of the time. I forgot stuff a lot too, but. Most of the time I was able to BS my way through forgetting stuff in ways that now when I look back, I realize was totally an ADHD thing. But back then I just kind of thought I was surviving. Yeah. Well, and mine was as long as I cared about what I was learning, I'd remember it. So math homework. Now that didn't happen very often, but every essay ever was written three weeks in advance. Yep. Um, so in university, when you have to do course readings, right? Those were the bane of my existence because it's a task I had to do before the lesson. And I had to read something that I wasn't necessarily interested in. Now, full disclosure, mm. I love history, but history is a broad subject and there's a lot of sub-subjects in there and not all of them are all that fascinating. And some of these courses mm. were things I had to take that I didn't really want to take, that I didn't really find interesting, and then I'd have to sit there, read the read the uh, or like the assigned reading and prepare myself for the discussion. You know how many discussions I winged slash bullshitted my way through? And I have a master's degree, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That should tell you something right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to apologize in advance to my thesis supervisor, Dr. David Leeson. If you're listening to this podcast, I did bullshit my way through some of those books that you had me read for, uh, for grad school. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, to be fair, I'm sure they know that. 
I'm sure he did. I'm absolutely sure he knew that. Like, but... Not just you. Like, any neurodivergent person that went through those courses has absolutely been like, no, this isn't the Roman Empire. I don't care. <laughs> oh, now that this officially means we can hashtag the Roman Empire this and it boost our, our, view, our listener count because that's the big thing on TikTok right now. <laughs> Sweet. Love it. Uh, but no, I'm sure he knew that. But honestly, looking back... I struggled so much to do readings and stuff like that because I was neurodivergent. I just didn't realize fully at the time what that meant. And, you know, do you have any other stories like that too? Because like, I feel like both of our lives are probably filled with this. Um, so I don't know how often I've mentioned this on the podcast, but when I was younger, I was the lead dancer and the choreographer for my extremely Christian dance team. You've told me. I don't know if you mentioned it on the podcast very much. I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the podcast. I try not to tell people too often. Uh, <laughs> oh, you from a fundamentalist Christian background. I'm so sorry. I know. Um, but so everyone was always really, really impressed because I could come up with dance steps on the spot. I didn't rehearse them. I didn't anything. I not only came up with the dance steps on the spot, but there would be a couple of different dancers one would be doing this and one would be doing that and my little group and it would be doing something else and I would be able to remember what they were supposed to be doing and know what they were going to be doing just like that. And everyone was like, it's so impressive that you memorize. I didn't memorize shit, ladies and gentlemen. I just went, it would look cool if they did this. Okay, guess what? You're doing this on an eight count. Let's go. Bam. And you winged it. I did. I, I winged a lot of things. Same. Uh, it did catch up with me in one of the last shows that I did uh, when we performed for my dinner theater. For whatever reason, this script that I picked, I loved it so much, mm -hmm. but I had so much on my plate that I could not, for the life of me, wrap my head around these lines. And then um, we had a very last minute cast member switch. So I had been listening to, we had created a CD because I learned better um, with um, audio. Yeah. So we had created a CD of all of us doing our lines that I had been listening to continuously. Well, my lead ended up going into a diabetic coma two days before the show. Oh, no. He's he's fine um, now, but unfortunately, he couldn't perform for us. Uh, understandably, we weren't upset. Like, we were upset because we were worried about him. Yeah. So we had to have someone step in, and the person who stepped in happened to be our director and... Uh, who is he was my boyfriend at the time now my ex-boyfriend so he stepped in but i was so used to hearing ogre do these lines yeah and i was so woefully unprepared for the amount of lines that i had that at one moment when we were standing on the stage the director did his line and he did it very well and he actually had to do the entire thing with a script in his hand because again he got called in to do a full show the day before the show right so yeah. he says his line and I am standing there staring at him like a dog listens to a high-pitched sound. <laughs> yep. And I have done theater my entire life. I know when they whisper you the line, you just respond with the line and you continue on. But for whatever reason, he said my line to me. And I went, what? As loud as I possibly could. What? Mm -hmm. It was one of those moments. And nobody will let me forget it. I have been on stage for 30 30 out of my 35 years yeah and what <laughs> um woefully underprepared 
I totally had a moment like that. Um, okay, I think it was when I was in teacher's college. Yes, it was. Because, okay, I was I was doing a... I was, I was kind of like, you know, like when teachers have like shadows from like teacher's college or like watching and like student teachers, that kind of thing. Well, this was my, this was my assignment. I was student teaching a grade six class, I want to say. Yeah. And one of my subjects was math. Now I'm not good at math, <laughs> but teaching grade six math should not be a problem if I understand it. I thought I understood it. I thought I was prepared enough to teach it. I, I got up to, t to teach a lesson and a student asked me a question and I spaced and I didn't know the answer. So I deflected and moved on. <laughs> I remembered what they said. And so when I taught that, because I, I had two different groups and in the afternoon, I taught the same lesson again. So it was great for planning. I got to like plan for half, the, you know, but like I remembered what the student had said and I used that in the second lesson. <laughs> but it's, it's just one of those things. And I have found so much with my weirdly wired brain. It, it retains the most useless information. Like, I swear to you, I forget we run a podcast until I am sitting here talking to you on the podcast that we are in our third year of recording. For some reason, I remember things like the smell of the sausages might my mom's now ex and deceased ex-boyfriend was cooking on the barbecue when I was a child playing N64 in the kitchen. And yet I don't remember things like what I'm supposed to do tomorrow unless I have a list, <laughs> you know? Or why I walked into this room. Oh God, I hate that. Right? And then you're like, you, oh my God. Why am I here? And people think you're having like this really big like moment, you know, the why am I here? What am I doing on this planet? No. Why did I walk into the kitchen? What do I want in here? Am I hungry? Am mm. I thirsty? Did I want to pet the dog? What's happening? Right? There's actually an old uh, web series called Red vs. Blue. I'm aging myself right now. It was made using Halo, like the original Halo game, but like they used it as like the, uh, the characters as puppets, and they did it, they they animated it in game. Um, and the first episode, the first scene of the first episode is two of the characters standing on top of their base, and one looks at the other and it's like, hey. You ever wonder why we're here? And the other one goes on this like big long diatribe about how it keeps him up at night. And he always wonders if you know he's the only, if they're the only ones in the universe or if there's other aliens out there. Blah blah blah. And then the other guy just looks and is like, "No, I meant why are we here? Standing here guarding this base? Do you want to talk about the other stuff?" He's like, "Not really." Okay, that's such an ADHD moment when I think about it. <laughs> like, well, and I've had more and more moments lately. I swear, where I'm just so aware of my ADHD. But, like, my ADHD irritates my autism, and my autism irritates my ADHD, and then they both irritate everything else that goes on in my brain, like the anxiety and the depression and the CPTSD, and it's like, what's happening? Somehow ADHD and autism balance out my brain, despite the fact that they hate each other. Yes. Like, I think I just run on hatred and spite. <laughs> Like internal hatred and spite within my own brain meats. And internalized toxic beliefs from boomer parents too. Let's we can't forget that. Boomer Christian parents, mind you. Yeah. Both our cases. <laughs> yeah, you're you've got the Catholic and I've got the fundamentalist. So, you know. Yeah, at the end of the day, they're different in a lot of ways, but the same core bullshit is there. <laughs> they are the same kind of crazy with slightly different rapping. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, 
I got to bring this back to Star Trek. So there's an episode of Star Trek Enterprise. I forget which episode season it was. It was an early enough season. Some reason for some reason they were they ended up ferrying a group of religious people who wanted to observe a stellar phenomenon that they associated religious significance to. Uh, to, to view it so the, so the crew brings him to, to the thing and ends up getting embroiled in a sectarian holy war between these two different sects of this one religion from this alien race and i you know shenanigans happen the ship is reclaimed all that stuff but at the end of the day the captain asks one of them so why don't you like them anyway and the, the guy looks at him and is like they believe a planet was created in five days we believe it was six right <laughs> exactly that <laughs> yes yes exactly that so no one could see that but adam but my eye just twitched violently but it, it's it's true when you look at different religions and and even just within christianity there are so many sects of of christianity and it's it just a slight now some of them are much different than one another but even the ones that just have the slightest changes. No, we hate them. Well, you okay. know what would make me laugh is the fact that fundamentalists don't think of Catholics as real Christians. And then I look at the. I feel like saying, guys, guys, historic. Putting on my historian cap here. Catholics were the original denomination. You literally cannot say Catholics are not real Christians because Catholics are the OG denomination, and all of y'all didn't like how the way Catholics did things, and so you split off and did your own thing. <laughs> that's that's a, that's like saying. Um. Oh, I had a whole example, but I lost it. But yeah. Anyway, but that, but but it's it's ridiculous when you think about. It. See that ADHD moment right there, right there. Bringing it back, having this uh, amazing idea in your head, but taking too long to say it, and you lose it. And specifically, just I find sometimes I cannot speak fast enough to release the idea from my brain. It's not that no one will let me speak or that I'm not being heard. It's that my mouth cannot move fast enough to evacuate this thought. I'm gonna and then it just goes back into the void. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to make a computer example here of that. For anyone in the audience who knows computers and technology, uh, having ADHD feels a lot like having a brain that runs either a Ryzen Threadripper processor or an Apple M2 Pro or whatever it is that they're up right now. But your mouth is on a USB 1.0 connection. You know, all these amazing things. And then (laughs) one word at a time. And goodness gracious, God help you. If you happen to do uh, like an ADHD uh, word mix up where you're trying to say the right thing. And all of a sudden you cannot remember the correct word for something. So you create your own gobbledygook of a word like a people farm. (laughs) <laughs> and your brain does this too sometimes. You know, it doesn't even have to be spoken. Sometimes you'll look at something quickly and your brain will process it completely differently than what it actually says. And so you'll say that and then look at it look like the freaking crazy one. I forget what it was, but what the original word was, but I told you about this recently. I thought I read something a word starting with an E as erotic. <laughs> it was not erotic. It was not erotic. Not at all. Well, and so for me, the, the people farm was was a cemetery, by the way. Um, <laughs> I couldn't remember the word for cemetery. Uh, but I, I get those. Or the other one is uh, words that I've used a hundred thousand times that I type every day. And all of a sudden I'm going, is that how you spell that? Right. Is that, does that word mean 
what I think it means, even though I have used that word every day for the last 15 years in the exact same manner, all of a sudden I'm having some kind of crisis over the spelling of like, um, like a plate, like you'd put your hair in a plate. Yes. Not a plate like I eat off of, but a braid. Yeah. Oh, that word and I had, had a fun little game. We, <laughs> we argued quite a bit. Thank goodness for Google. <laughs> Did you ever, have you ever had this happen where like, it's not a far stretch from that to your brain almost disassociating from the word and all of a sudden the word looks weird now? Yes. You know, like you look at a word like one or hand or, and it's like, it's really weird that it's spelt like that. Like, why? Or that it's said like that. So Gigantor and I had a moment today where we were talking about the word beard. Yeah. And he goes, can you spell that for me? Because he was having a moment. And I'm like, yeah, it's B-E-A-R-D. And he's like, so like bear. I'm like, yes. Technically, if the English language made any sense whatsoever, the word beard would be said bared because bear. Well, it's like the word psychotherapist actually could be spelled to be psycho, the word that will trigger people that I'm not going to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you, if you break it down, it's psycho, the R word. But for some reason, the English language, which is basically three languages under a trench coat because it's not a real language, <laughs> has these arbitrary rules that have 50 exceptions to every rule. Well, and some words just don't. When I was, I was an avid reader as a child, you know this. I think our our listeners know this. The word that got me every time, because it does not look anything like it is pronounced. Mm -hmm. And I read a lot of like Edgar Allan Poe and sad, depressing things. So the word that we're looking for would be melancholy. No, yeah, no. But I thought it was melancholy or melancholy because... Your letters word do not compute to how it is said, because that word should not be pronounced melancholy. Well, yeah, exactly. I had a similar moment with my mom recently where I was, I forget what I was, if I was reading her something or talking to something, but I used the word row as in we got into a row, like a row, like, you know what I mean? Like an argument. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, it's pronounced row Adam, not row. And I'm like, no, it's row because it's R O W. She's like, no, no, but it's, but contextually it's pronounced row. And I'm like, no. So my mother might have dementia or the beginnings of it, but she ain't stupid. (laughs) She corrected me on row and oof. Oof. (laughs) Especially because like, this is what we do for a living. So to speak is, We talk a lot. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, someone's like, no, you're saying that wrong. You're like, how dare you? Right? Like, how dare? Bitch, please. How dare? Yes. Or I even remember because, again, I was always the spooky kid. Um, the word poltergeist. I first have ever had to read that word out loud. We were reading Harry Potter to, like, the teacher was reading it, but she had to leave the room for something, so she made me read it because, I don't know, I think she didn't like me very much. And I had never had to say that word out loud. I I had only ever heard it, and it really doesn't, I don't know, but poltergeist was not my friend. It's a weird word. It's so weird. Yeah. I had the same thing with another word from that same book series, actually. Was it a name? Yes, it was. Oh, I wonder which one. Let's just say I pronounced it Hermione. Me too. I don't know if you know this. And again, 
evil human being we do not like her at all but no. we read the books as kids so yes. um that is why when victor crumb is in the book she teaches him how to say it because people were saying it wrong is that that's why thing? she put that in yes yes huh. yeah. because well, i thought it was like hermione or hermione i didn't know how it was pronounced until i saw the first movie and hagrid said hermione and i'm like oh really really in which case, Hermione is quite a nice name, but yes. that word was mm, not good. No, I know, right? Yet another reason I despise she who must not be named. Throwing right. complicated words at me that makes my brain... I'm just kidding. That, that is not a reason to dislike someone. Helping someone learn a language better is not a bad thing unless you act like a colonial asshole and you correct someone on all their, on their spelling and their writing when they're just trying to reach a make a point. That I have a problem with. Sorry, that was a side tangent. But... <laughs> Which another, which again is another ADHD thing. We're right on brand tonight, aren't we? Oh yeah. Well, usually. Yeah, that's true. You know, all of our podcasts start off like this is our topic, and then you know it's like Old MacDonald had a farm. E I E O. Hey, Macarena. It's just two neurodivergent people trying to stay on one path. That mm, mm, mm. it's a recipe gonna, for disaster. <laughs> I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have a side tangent about she who must not be named. Yeah. Yeah, all this talk about her work makes me, has made me come up with a side tangent. The neurodivergent tendency, when combined with a strong sense of justice, mm -hmm. to catch the point of She Who Must Not Be Named's work in a way that she did not. She clearly missed the entire per point of her story and her writing and her and, and stuff if she turned mm -hmm. on and was the kind of person she now is. Considering the story was actually about a kid who didn't fit in, finding his place among fellow outcasts, and basically the outcast changing the world. But, you know, she's not ready to hear that. Not only changing, but saving. Yeah. Now, not changing it enough, I would argue, Hermione, it was the right one when it came to so many things that mm -hmm. needed achieving and changing in the world. But that's an entire other thing. The point is, she must not be named Miss the point of her own writing, and I did not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway. Strong sense of justice, definitely <laughs> part of being... I would argue, actually, it's both autistic and ADHD, because how many ADHDers do you know who are also very fixated on justice? I think that's... A, yeah. I mean, I know for myself that that was one of the reasons my strong sense of justice was why I walked away from the church. Same. Because I found too much that, you know, I was told my whole life that you can't... We don't steal, we don't cheat, we don't lie, we don't this, we don't that, we don't blah, 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 blah. And all the people that told me all of these things that I wasn't supposed to do were doing the things they told me I was not supposed to do. Well, honey, that's because it's okay when it's not white people that are being affected. Yes, I went there, but it's true when you think about it. Like, I had the exact same experience. Where mm -hmm. I liked the teachings of the Catholic Church, you know, love love thy neighbor, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. I'm like, these are some pretty solid ways to live. And then I looked around and saw no one doing them. Or if I asked why not, they'd have some cockamamie excuse as to how it really doesn't apply in this situation, or how it really doesn't apply to some, or how it's not the same. It's not that's that's not valid. And I'm thinking to myself like, that is exactly what this is for, and you are ignoring a teaching because you find it inconvenient and you'd rather be hateful. So, yep. no thank you, you know? I, yep, sure do. Sorry, I just... No, you had an ADHD moment on a podcast about ADHD Awareness Month? How dare you? Right. Thank goodness it doesn't happen all the time, or this podcast would be just us breathing into the microphone for 30 or so minutes. 
I feel like that kid from Hey Arnold. <laughs> Any millennials in the audience? Who <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That kid who stands behind Helga Pataki whenever she's going on about Arnold and how how amazing he is, and then she just punches him in the face. Awful, I know, but hilarious. I have a feeling that the bulk of our listeners are probably elder millennials. We've got some gen older Gen Zers too, like. You know, I think I'm pretty sure you're right, though. We probably have cornered the market on the 25 to 40 crowd. Yep. Um, I know we have at least one young listener because uh, my youngest listens to the show. So nice. I know we have at least one uh, one um, one bebe on the roster that listens to us. But most of the people that we've either met or know that listen are anywhere from Gen X to Millennial. I had a moment where I aged myself the other night with our niece. We went to Northern. Oh, no. We went to Northern Gaming Expo, like I told you a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And in the basement, there was an activity section where you can like do things, and then ultimately, if you do all three things, you can get a prize. Well, they had a retro gaming station where you could like play a retro game and then like you know check it off your list. So many of the games were games I grew up with. Also, there was a GameCube there. I'm not sure if I'm ready to think of the 128-bit era as retro at this point, even though I know it was. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I think what it is, is, I mean, it's weirdly enough, in my brain, PS2 is retro, but GameCube and Xbox are not. And I think it's because they upscale better in emulation than PS2 does. So That's my brain fair. thinks of PS2 as retro because it's just, I love the PS2, but it never looks good. <laughs> like, it never really looks good. No, no. You know? Whereas the GameCube and the Xbox, yeah, they look good if you upscale them. So I, my brain has a disconnect where it's like, that's not retro. Oh, that is retro. Oh, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Sorry, I went off on a tangent again. That is cool. I don't have any tangents tonight. Usually I think I am the, the, the tangenter. You're the tangent queen? I am. But you what was our are... other word that we came up for it? Uh, a rangent? Because it's both a rant and a tangent. Okay. But in the spirit of Halloween month. You're back, the rangent queen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no I have no tangents today. I think I'm I'm kind of on the cusp of a little bit of burnout, so I'm Well, why don't we call it a night here then? It's a shorter episode, but you know what? I think we're both kind of tired. It has been a long weekend. In Canada, it's Thanksgiving, and you can imagine what that's like sometimes. It's been a busy one. And I know you guys have been cleaning that house all weekend, too. Oh. Yeah, we are getting there. We're getting there, slowly but surely. Yay! Yay! All right, guys. Well, we're going to call it a night here, then. But yeah, this was fun. It was fun. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you are aware of your ADHD, especially this month. I mean, at least it's not as bad as Autism Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. At least with ADHD, there's still some some kind of goodwill when it comes to, like, you know... If, but, like, ugh. We will be far more upbeat and optimistic to drown out the bullshit once that month comes. But in the meantime, we're celebrating our ADHD. This is ADHD Acceptance Month, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. All right, have a good night, guys. We love you. Take your meds and drink your water. Bye for now, guys. Special thanks goes to Paul Unger, who designed the Rainbow Infinity symbol and brain component of our logo, and we love it very much. Thanks, Paul. The Neurodivergent Polyamorous was created and produced by Adam Mardero and Becca Kelterborn. Copyright 2023.